Hello, welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Sydney Sarah, and this is Sydney's Prophetic Podcast, where I speak into your life and minister to you prophetically. Happy Friday. We're going to be talking about relationship with God. We're going to be talking about, because the Lord led me to talk about what it means for me having a relationship with the Lord our God and why it's important to have a relationship with God and seeing how it's not about rules and regulations. It's about relating to the father. It's about being his, being his child and not just a servant. You know, we're not slaves to him. We are his sons and daughters. So let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, first of all, for the daily mercies that you give us to wake up every morning. And as I decrease, you increase, Lord God, you speak through me. You speak whatever you want to say through me for on this podcast for the listeners, Lord God, that you will have to listen to this, Lord God, and show us why you want sonship with us, why you want relationship with us, why you want us to be yours and not a thing of a dictatorship or like even a democracy is a parent child like relationship a friendship a loving relationship show us why you want that how it's so important Lord God in Jesus mighty name amen so I I feel like I've touched on this here and there but regarding like in terms of my testimony man like coming out of religion into relationship with God, which is grace and truth. Um, it's very, and I see why Jesus was so revolutionary because it, the, the Bible says the mo, uh, the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ and it came by Jesus Christ. And he said, <clears throat> when the disciples asked him how to pray, um, he said, instead of like our Lord or God or Je- even Jehovah, he said, our father, hallowed be that name, our father. So it's when, and when he would say stuff like, you know, me and the father are one, it was very controversial because especially for the Pharisees, because everyone knew, no, everyone <laughs> knew the Torah which is the basically the uh, first five books of the Old Testament. And like they only knew God as, you know, and he is to be reverenced and to be respected. But, you know, it's kind of just like, oh, almighty God, we, you know, we are not worthy. It's, 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 it was that type of thing where Jesus came and he shook everything up because he said, our father like that's my dad that's my father you know my kingdom is not of you know of this earth or this realm this world you know he, he would say stuff like that with but it, that's because of his relationship with God as father and you know people in that time couldn't comprehend that now fast forward to today as having that mindset of a modern day Pharisee but like Jesus been came, died on the cross, like we can be covered by his blood. We're automatic and we're saved. We're automatically his child. We are automatically God's 
sons and daughters were already children of God. But it's like the enemy is so I heard it said that deception is just a whole bunch of the truth. It like it's the truth with a little bit of lie. And the thing is, is that the way religion works and this is why it's a demonic spirit because for one the religious spirit comes from pride it comes from the sin of pride and then secondly it, it it completely when i when god was um healing me and restoring me like when he was really uprooting this stuff because religion is very deep rooted it's a stronghold it's a, it is a strong strong stronghold um what I realized is that this works-based salvation mindset completely erases anything that Jesus could ever do for you. It completely erases, you know, that that Jesus died on the cross and that he, he is your Lord and Savior. And only just stops at, okay, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you'll be saved. That's true. But it's like, we got to recognize how necessary the cross was, how necessary the blood of Jesus really was and how that applies with our walk with God with our relationship with God it's not just you you acknowledge Jesus at you know with the initiation of salvation and that's it no you you have to Jesus literally is the reason like my gosh first of all the Bible says while we were yes sinners Christ died so it's just like Without the blood of Jesus, we'll still be sinners. Our in Isaiah it says our sin, our, our self righteousness is our era is filthy rags. So it's just like without Jesus being the Bible calls him a cornerstone. Basically, what it, it means like a bridge, uh, uh, uh like a kind of like a middleman, a mender. If it wasn't for him, yo, we would not be able to have a relationship with God. Ephesians. This is why I love Ephesians one six in the KJV. Because it says to the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. It's because of God's grace, which is Jesus, that he, God, made us accepted in the beloved, which is the body of Christ, which is body of Christ, Christ Jesus. So it's just like we need Jesus all day, every day. We need the grace of God all day, every day. And what I love about God as a reason, I've, I, this is the closest I've ever been to God, first of all. And then number two, I've completely and utterly have fallen in love with Jesus because for so long, you know, religion makes you feel like if you show any ounce of your, of your humanity that you're going to hell. If you... Do any kind if you fall on your face, make a mistake, don't you know it just seems like to the point like you don't if you don't pray one day or if you forget to fast or if you forget to to read the Bible, then you know just off with your head, you know, and it's like number one that's tormenting like now that I look back, I'm like, this is all these scare tactics, you know, if you do this, you're going to hell, if you do that, you're going to hell, if you do this, you're going to hell. Oh, mind you, y'all, the fear of the Lord is important. The Bible does say work on your own soul salvation with fear and trembling, which means having respect of the Lord and trembling, meaning respecting his word. 
um um and it, the fear and trembling part just means like i thought it literally meant like fear like oh i'm scared no god just wants you to respect him god needs the because the fear of the lord is basically what that is respecting god respecting his authority respecting his power but he also is not just that like he's not a dictator and it just really sucks how for so long these churches have done these scare tactics in order to uh, make everyone a believer and have everyone be saved when they're not really saved for real. They just don't want to go to hell. You want to know how you saved when you actually let Jesus come into your soul and change you, therefore change your life through his grace. Because I said um, probably in the last episode, but the objective of God's grace is for it to be so good you don't want to uh, disobey God. You don't want to not submit to him. You don't want to be uh, rebellious towards him. You don't want to do anything that's displeasing. It's kind of like how you get into a relationship with somebody and you really love that person, so you're not going to just do stuff to make them angry or else they're going to want to leave you. Like... You want to do stuff for them that makes them happy, that pleases them, that, you know, that uh, makes them laugh. You know, that you want to do stuff to make them feel good because you love them. Like, that's the, that, and I, this is going to sound kind of shady, but it is what it is. And more marriages would see the fact that it's more giving, giving, giving from both parties. It's a give and take. But. The Bible says blessed to to give than to receive. So if more marriages, because that's that's the the foundation of of a relationship with God. So if we just do that with our relationships, especially, you you know, with each other and then in marriages too, like there will be way more. It wouldn't be 50 percent of Christian marriages ending up in divorce. There wouldn't be no fighting and who's right and da-da-da, pointing fingers and whatnot. Because the basis of y'all's relationship is I love this person. I want to do any and everything I can to make them happy because I want to do it. Right? I, I want because I love them. That's true love. Love is giving. I want to give them this. I want to give them the best. I want to give them the world. It's the same thing with God. Like, we have to want to love him, want to give to him because he loved us first. Now let's get deeper. Um, Religion also makes it seem like you got to do any and everything for God's approval, for God's love, for God's, you know, uh, acceptance. And the crazy thing is we already have it. We already have it. Like I said, while we were yes sinners, Christ died. Romans 8, 38 through 39. I have this on my bedroom wall, which says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So not only does he love us, there's nothing that he can do to separate us. There's nothing that we can do to separate us from his love. And I love 1 John 4 because it straight, it straight up says this in 1 John 10, 1 John 4, 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. It says that 
Not that we loved him, but that he loved us and gave his son as appropriation for our sins. And then First uh, John chapter 4, verse 19 says, we love him because he first, he first loved us. And then John 15, 16, uh, Jesus straight up saying, you did not choose me. I chose you first. So the thing is, is that religion makes you seem like, or makes it seem like we got to, we got to initiate the relationship with him. We have to pursue him without even recognizing that he pursued us first. The cross, the cross is the pursuit. The cross is God's pursuit of us being in sonship with him as children of God. It never was about, I mean, if you want to be like technically with like scripture and whatnot, there wasn't no like in Adam, with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, the only commandment he ever said to them was, well, two, was to be fruitful and multiply and don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But other than that, they had nothing. God took care of his creation. He took care of them. He gave them anything that any and everything they, they could ever want or needed in that garden. He gave them plants for food and gave them dominion over every animal and creeping thing, the fish of the sea, the fowls of the air, birds. So it's just like God just wants to take care of us. God wants to love on us. God wants to be with us. <laughs> you know, the, the song, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I'm a friend of God. He calls me friend. Like we literally have to be like that with God. We have to, that, that is what we are with God. We are his friends. We are, we are one. We are one with him. We are, we have a relationship with him. We are the body. The body of Christ is also the bride of Christ and Christ is our bridegroom and a husband and a wife are supposed to be one flesh. So like, you know, so it's just, I just really, I guess want to encourage you if you're battling with self-righteousness, religion, workspace, salvation, and, and, and that pride, and you feeling like God can never, uh, love on the real you could never, like he couldn't hand, he can't handle your humanity. Like he can't handle your sin. Like he can't handle your desires that are just not so holy. <laughs> this is what Jesus died on the cross for. This is why the grace of God is a thing. I say that all the time. This is why the grace of God is a thing. The more I, now let me speak personally. The more I come into his grace, the more I'm just like, I, the song, I need thee, oh, I need thee every hour. I need thee because I do, you know, excuse some rustiness in my voice because, you know, I wasn't expecting really to sing, but this is just, um, this is spirit led right now. So, but 
really like I the more I come to the grace of God the more I'm just like oh wow Jesus I really do need you see see this is why it's so weird to me now it really is dysfunctional the way people will be like it's better to have them and not need them than to need them and not have them and it's like it's better to have them and not need them I need them every day I need him every day I need him to handle my attitude towards some people. I need him. I need him when I want to go off on some people on social media. I need him when I, when my patience is being tested. I hate being annoyed. I hate being irritated. So I I, I need him for patience. <laughs> like I need Jesus every day. There is no, it's better to have him and not need him. No, you need him. You need him. You need him. You need him. You very much need him. We all need him. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all need him. We are all, you know, we are all human and we all have our struggles. And so the crazy thing is there is a shift right now. If I'd be to if I to be prophetic right now, there is a paradigm shift. And what people are craving from the church, whether they're knowing it or whether they know it or not, whether they say it or not, and whether it's consciously or subconsciously, what they what they desire from the church is authenticity. And I'm talking about everybody from the agnostic to the atheist, to the Buddhist, to the Muslim. When they see the church, they they get turned off, rightfully so, uh, by hypocrites because they want to say, you know, they, they like just people in the church want to act all holier than now. Want to act like they never made a mistake in their entire life. Want to act like, you know, they just have it all together and that Jesus is like, you know, playing favorites or whatever. No, we're all God's favorites. We're all his children. We're all God. God is not a respecter of persons. So it's like, there is no big me, little you. And sin is sin. Like, that's another thing that's annoying. There is no ultimate sin. So I'm really tired of I'm, I'm really tired of of people saying that homosexuality is the ultimate sin i don't know where that came from but like imagine like a this is the thing imagine like a bar graph and let's say lust is like you know at one level uh stealing is on another level and uh, adultery is at another level and then this is so dumb but homosexuality would be like at the highest level in terms of like the worst quote unquote the worst sin now we've seen that facing that graph like you know head on directly straight ahead now imagine a bird's eye view of that same graph viewing them those levels from the top do you really even see much of a difference The thing is, sin is sin, and that <clears throat> the and all of the all, the thing with sin in general that God doesn't like is that it takes us away from Him. God wants us to be close to Him as much as possible. The reason why He keeps saying "repent, repent, repent" in the Bible is because number one, repent is psychological. You don't have to sin to, to repent. If I go one way towards McDonald's. But then I'm like, no, I'm gonna go to Wendy's. I just repented. I just turned. Because repent means to turn. That's all it means. 
or to turn away from. Now, biblical repentance with God is turning away from sin and turn towards God. Go back to God. Turn towards back to God. So, yeah, but do you see how, like, so when 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 people are saying repent, that is what it's, it was never supposed to be condemning. Because I can see how a lot of, a lot of ministers and pastors and all that stuff they want to say repent as such a condemning thing and as shame like as a as shaming. When it's like no, rip, the word repent should be a very loving thing to say. It's a re- now it can be said as a rebuke. Oh yeah, for sure. Because God chastises who he loves. So, yeah. But repent should also... It's like... I feel like the connotation and the way people say it has been so, like, taken out of... Just... Has been taken out of context and... is It's just wild. So... Yeah, there is no big me, little you. Sin is sin. There is no ultimate sin. God... Jesus who knew no sin made himself to be sin so he died for the sins of the whole world like duh like we just this stuff has been here y'all it's just the 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 big like this stronghold of in the deception the illusion of religion is what what turns a lot of people off from the church because it's not authentic and that's what the bible truly is if you want to go with go in depth of what the Bible truly is about. It's about people going through real stuff, being used by God to show his power, to show his mercy, to show his grace, to show how he communicates, to show how he judges, to show what he likes and doesn't like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So otherwise it just like we are, po- the Bible is not a cutesy thing. It's a powerful thing. It's a chain breaking thing. It's an earth shaking thing, but it's not supposed to be cute. There are stories in there that are not so PG 13. Okay. So an example of one is when David slept with Bathsheba. That's, <laughs> that's our best kind of R rated to, you know, I mean, I'm almost, I'm just leave it at that. Um, so, yeah, it's like the, the Bible, like the things of God in the Bible and whatnot, it's just they're not designed to be fake. We're, we weren't supposed to be inauthentic. We're supposed to be given real testimonies, being really raw. So that way, when when God comes in, he like God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I had a segment that I recorded called why being humble means to be real. And it, I, I think, I, I think I titled it, what is humility? Um, but guys being humble really means being real. Being humble is just like, God, I repent. Like I did this sin. I did that sin. I did that against you. I did this or it even be regarding sin. It's just like, God, I need your help. God, I can't, you know, I can cause pride would be like, oh no, I got it. I got it. I know what, I know what I'm doing. Can't nobody tell me what to do while being humble is like, no, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I, I need help. <laughs> I need help. I need, cause being humble is just owning up to the truth. Really? 
that's how being humble is being to be real. That's how being humble means to be authentic because that's we we were supposed to be there from day one. And then that's what God craves so much out of his people. We see all up and down. God favors the humble. God exalts the humble. He who humbles himself will be exalted. We see all we see that all up and down the Bible. And if you don't see that, then I don't know what kind of relationship you got with God. Because it's all up and it's not even just in one specific book. It's in Proverbs. It's in James. We see that with Jesus. We see that in the Old Testament and like God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So I want to, I guess I'm going to wrap it up here. I want to encourage you to just come to God, flaws and all. And when I say be naked, not physically naked, but hey, if you do that too, I mean, just do that between you and Jesus. Don't be flashing nobody. Um, <laughs> be naked, meaning like emotionally naked, mentally naked, be raw with him. Tell him to be brutal. God is not afraid of your brutal honesty. I'm going to say that one more time. God is not afraid of your brutal honesty. He is not. He is not afraid of the, the, the truth inside of you and what you deal with, you know, that are, that is sensitive, that is not so pleasant, that is very, that makes you vulnerable. He is not afraid of your vulnerability. He want, he craves your vulnerability of Psalms, book of Psalms, chapter, uh, 51, verse six, when David repents to God after sleeping with Bathsheba and killing her husband, <laughs> again, it rated our story. Um, he says, you desire truth in the inward parts. And when I saw that, I was like, okay, I thought, I don't know why I thought it just meant the heart, but he, it says inward parts. That just means your soul. That just means on the inside of you, God revealed or, or not revealed. God desires the realness, the authenticity of your soul. And you know what? He's a lover of our soul because I used to, cause I, I used to hear, Oh, why you, you know, you can't hide from God. He knows everything anyway. Like, you know, you're scared to sh- share this and that and this and that with God. God knows everything anyway. Here's the thing. I hated hearing that. Because I understand the, especially now, I understand the intention of, you know, it's okay. God, you know, God sees everything. God knows everything. Nothing surprises him. But me still being in that religious mindset, I thought, oh no, now I got to hide it even more. My struggles, my sin, my whatever. I need to hide that even more. <laughs> and it, which is crazy because God is omnipresent. God is omnipotent and omniscient. He knows everything. No matter how much you try to hide, he knows the details, the very small, like, nooks and crannies of things, period. So it's just like, it it was pointless. But I felt the need to, that was a way of protecting myself from possible rejection from God. Because I thought I would. You see, religion teaches you that you're going to be rejected by God, basically, if you're not perfect. And now coming into the grace of God is just like, I, I have this tremendous peace. I don't feel the need to pretend there is no fake me anymore. That's what that's, that's done. The man I'm burning the mask. I've been burning the mask for a minute now and it feels good. Um, 
and and this will bring the right per, right people in your life. Don't not do not be afraid when you finally come into who you really are, the real you, and being who God really made you to be. And then you start seeing people just, you know, fall off. You're not talking to them as much as you used to. You're not. It's okay because though now the right people are going to come into your life. Now the right people are going to be connected to you because of who you really are as an individual that is just different. God made us different. A masterpiece is something that sticks out. So Ephesians 2.10, when it says, for we are God's masterpiece created anew in Christ Jesus to do the good works he planned for us long ago. That as a masterpiece of workmanship, the work of, because in the Greek, it, it, we're, we're God's work of art. Isn't that beautiful? We're God's work of art. And I have that fun fact. I have that, uh, I have literally the abbreviation of Ephesians and then 210 under it, uh, tattooed on my left arm. I need to get it uh, touched up anyway. Um, so as a masterpiece, when people say like something is a masterpiece, that means it sticks out. It is not like the rest. That work of art is iconic. That work of art is legendary. That work of art sticks out and it is, it is. Um, it is captivating, right? That's what we are. That's what God calls us for. We are God's masterpiece. That's what he calls us in the Greek. There we go. Thank you. Holy spirit in the Greek, um, workmanship, when, as it says in a KJV, it says we're free for we are God's workmanship in the KJV breaking down workmanship in the Greek means poema where we get the word poem or poetry from. We're God's work of art. So I just all in all to reel all this back home because I'm still wrapping up. <laughs> we are God's workmanship. We're his work of art. And, you know, we have beautiful things about us, but we have things about us that makes us human. And that's okay. Reveal your humanity to God. And I promise you, you will get blessed because that's you being humble. And God says, you know, who he who humbles himself will be exalted at the right time. You know, he will humble yourselves. And at the right time, God will exalt you. So I can guarantee if once you start being real with God and transparent with God, like I am, and I'm going to testify too. I'm going to testify now how God, because here's the thing. You have to change in order for your life to change. You can't just expect your life to change and you not change. There's a reason why your life is stagnant because you stagnant, boo, period. So when you finally just disrobe yourself of, the, of that fakeness, that inauthentic, that, you know, that your false self, the, the thing that you feel like will be more acceptable for people. Once you get rid of that and just be you, that, and that's also the freedom of relationship. God wants to be in a relationship with the real us. If you don't, if you're not allowing someone to see you for who you really are, what kind of relationship is that? It's not going anywhere deep. There won't be any real connection because you're not being real. Okay, I'm gonna get off of here, y'all. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I'm gonna say this poem real quick. If you desire Jesus to be in your life as your Lord and Savior, listen, Jesus is the best thing that ever could happen to me. Seriously. 
I, without Jesus, I don't think I would be at least as sane, as sound minded as I am right now. I don't think I would be as definitely would not be in peace or really my soul is getting to know this peace all up and through me, all up and through my soul. I don't, I don't think I would ever encounter that. Um, his grace is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I really guarantee you, you will say the same thing. So the grace of God is Jesus. So that's why Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Because Ephesians 2.8 says we're saved by grace. So repeat this poem after me. There's going to be a little prayer. That's all you got to really say. Uh, you don't even got to say this poem. But it's, you got to make a declaration though. And confess with, with your heart that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. And you'll be saved. So repeat after me. Lord God, I repent. I believe in the son you sent. He died on the cross just for me. To heaven I'll go. To heaven I'll be. Congratulations. You're in the body of Christ and you are now my brother or sister. <laughs> I'm now your sister in Christ. And I just, I just want you to know that when trials and tribulations come, it will be, it's not because of anything you did wrong. It's not because of God being mad at you. It's because God wants to make you stronger, make you wiser. That's in a way also, God uses what we go through in life to build our ministry, to relate to people. You know, we're supposed to be ministers of reconciliation, meaning ministers of the gospel, spreading the gospel, spreading the good news. Right. But as I'm saying, you know, not because this this deception of things being peaches and cream when she become a Christian is just not true. But God says or same thing. But Jesus specifically said, I come to give you life and that more abundantly. So. There are blessings. There are great, tremendous things. Like, first of all, God's supernatural protection, him sending angels to protect you is a blessing. Um, also, when, uh, when, he, when Jesus just wants to surprise you and just love on you and you get favor out of nowhere and, 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 and you just get blessed out of nowhere when things could have went left, but they went right instead. Hallelujah. Those are blessings. Those are tremendous and true blessings. So I'm saying, yeah, now everything is going to be all hunky dory, but there is a great, tremendous side of God. You know, but you know what the blessing is of all to me is being fulfilled, walking in who God made you to be. There's a lot of people out there that think that, oh, I just need a fancy car. I just need a fancy house. I just need possessions i need material things i need a b c and d to be happy no you being your authentic self and coming into and and living the life that you truly want to live that is the biggest blessing of it all because now you can die and just like okay i, I regret nothing because i laid it all out there i left it all on the field or i left it all on the stage i left it i left it all out there i, I gave it everything i got I lived my life to the fullest. That's a blessing. That's a, when you, when you're able to say that, that is a blessing. So 
Follow me on Twitter at Sydney Podcast, capital at capital S I D N I, capital P O D C A S T. Again, it's capital S I D N I, capital P O D C A S T. And follow me on, uh, or, or like my Facebook page on Facebook <laughs> at Sydney's Prophetic Podcast. That is where I'll be giving my updates and announcements and announcing special guests and things of that nature. If you feel led to sow, you can sow it to my cash app one time for the one time, uh, dollar sign, capital S I D and I capital G, or you, if you on anchor, you can sow into this ministry monthly for a dollar, $5 or $10 at anchor.fm backslash S I D and I dash P P Again, that's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash S-I-D-N-I dash P-P. That is where you can uh, click the support button. You can send it to me monthly or send me a voice message, you know, send me a, a, a message of encouragement or constructive criticism. I'm open to both. I want to make this the best podcast I can for God and my listeners. And I keep forgetting to put in my Instagram, follow me on Instagram at two underscores. It's like underscore, underscore, all, this is all lowercase letters. So Instagram, underscore, underscore, S-I-D-N-I-S-E-R-A. All right. I love you. Have a great Friday. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Have a blessed one.